welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Big country, welcome to the show. A good one today. Opening day right around the corner. We're going to get into some baseball talk. We're going to play a little Would You Rather, which is also a baseball edition. And um, if you follow us on Twitter, at Up, I put them out there as a poll today as we're going to compare uh, some different players Today, But we're also going to get into some of this NFL news and a little basketball as well because I have to talk about the Lakers being eliminated. But also Stephon Diggs making news this morning, signs a new four-year $104 million deal to stay with the Bills. I, I really like this move for both guys. I find myself rooting for Stephon Diggs. Honestly, he's one of those fantasy guys, actually. Um, I had him on my fantasy team his first year in Buffalo. I had him on my fantasy team's one of his first years in Minnesota. So I've always rooted for him. And now to see him get paid to stay in Buffalo, I like it. I like the player. I do. I like the team even. So I know Josh Allen is going to be happy about this one. I know Bill's fans should be happy about this one. It's not not a ton of money either. What is it, about $26 million a year? Yep. That's not too bad. It's not at all. And I mean, you got him cheaper than I believe what you're paying Devonte or what the Raiders are paying Devonte Adams, what the Miami Dolphins are paying Tyree Kill, and you keep a court guy there in Buffalo who's helped change the culture and exactly what you want in Buffalo with the success that you've had. Keep those guys in house. Keep paying them, and the salary cap's going to keep going up. So here in a couple of years, it's going to look like a deal, and we're all going to talk about it. I actually saw someone tweet this morning. He was like, you know, we've been mm-hmm. saying this. For years, like, yes, we understand the salary cap keeps going up, but do we really need to keep reiterating that, like, oh, in a couple years, this deal is going to be a bargain? It's like, yes, we all understand that. That's why these guys are getting paid now. And then the salary cap goes up, and then you pay other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's expected to go up quite a bit yeah. is, was part of it is that I think the TV deals are up pretty soon. You're just going to be able to write a blank check. I mean, the Amazon deal already coming through is another huge one. Um, the NFL is not short on money. At all. So even like a guy like Stephon Diggs, you might look at it and say like, oh, he's not worth top five receiver money. I think he is because a lot of these guys that are top five receivers, they're about to get paid oh, yeah. as well. I mean, there's a group of them that are next. Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, all those guys about to get paid. Yep. Um, maybe this offseason. It's still it's super early in the offseason. I know we've had a lot of crazy moves, but you usually don't see these contract extensions like this until June, yeah. July even sometimes. So I think some of these guys will get paid, and it's crazy how good all of them are. Surely they weren't all in the same draft, were they? Um, I, I don't know. I think they, they might have been. I think they might have been. They were all in that same draft because we saw that's fucking. We stupid. saw Scary Terry and Debo Samuel at the Senior Bowl, and then DK and AJ Brown. Clearly, they were teammates, so we know that. But I don't. And they think, were juniors, so they couldn't be yeah. at the Senior Bowl. I, I think it was. I was trying to look it up real quick, but uh, apparently, I'm dumb this morning and don't know how to work a laptop. 
Because uh, was I, that night was it eighteen or nineteen draft? It would have been nineteen, correct? The um, year out because Baker was eighteen. Yeah, two thousand nineteen NFL draft. Uh, saw. Yeah. There's Brooks in the chat. Sure enough, Dude, I swear Brooks is a freaking encyclopedia on just information. He is. I messed up and went to the. I love the pro reference page. Uh huh. That you can go to like pro football reference, basketball reference, baseball. That's where I get all my stats from. I accidentally went to the college one and I was like, this is not right. He's just makes. <laughs> he was much better than this. <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, but all of them drafted in 2019. Whew. Uh, that's a that was a good year to draft. A receiver, Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who skimmed over all of them. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, Tyree Kill. Was that the trouble. year they got McCall Hardman? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. It is. DK Metcalf obviously went after. <laughs> yeah, all of them. That Terry McLaurin went after. Now, out of those list of guys that we just said, um, who gets paid the most? To me, in my mind, I think it is between Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Because DK shared the load. He's had Russell Wilson as his quarterback. And he's had Tyler Lockett on the other side. So people have had to respect that. A.J. Brown, you could be put in the argument, but you've also had Derrick Kennedy running the ball. able to kind of get over the top. Yeah, I have to mention some of these other receivers first, though. And, of course, our guy Tyler in the chat bringing up that Nikhil Harry was wide receiver one that year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people had him wide receiver one that year, you know. Uh, probably some really smart, uh, good-looking guys said that Nikhil Harry was going to be very good, even though he wasn't. Uh, but a couple other guys drafted that year, Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry. Um, obviously, we talked about Debo Samuel already, A.J. Brown, McCole Hardman. J.J. Arcega Whiteside went right after McCole Hardman. So, like, it could have been worse yeah, for the true. Chiefs. Oh, Mr. Drop. Uh, Paris Campbell was another guy that I loved coming out of Ohio State. Yep. I would love to see him get healthy as well. Andy Isabella, though, went before D.K. Metcalf. Like, so I know that as Chiefs fans, we even look at it and we're like, oh, it was bad. At least we didn't draft Andy Isabella before D.K. Metcalf. That is very true. But also missed out on some guys like Deontay Johnson. Was in that draft class as well. Um, there were there were some good ones in there, but of, of those four guys, who's going to get paid? Did you say first or most? Uh, most, because I think it's going to come down to <laughs> who waits the longest. <laughs> who's the last guy to get signed? I think we'll probably be making the most money. I think it's going to be DK. I think he does kind of wait, and I think the Seahawks might even wait and see if there are some trade offers. They do appear to be in a rebuild. I didn't think they would do it, but they appear to be in a rebuild. Maybe you have a guy like DK Metcalf be part of that rebuild, but I, I think that he's going to be the last to get paid, and I think he's going to be the highest paid. Although I think you can, I would make a strong case. Man, AJ Brown, you the know, Titans might just re up him early. I can't believe no one else has said this. Hunter Renfro is also in that draft class. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even see that one on there. Which might sound like a joke. He is actually so damn good. Yeah, pick 149 in round five. Yeah, maybe, maybe some of the best value in that class. Yeah. Even when you compare it against DK and what he's been able to do. Uh, but I, I would say DK probably the highest number. And also, he's kind, of, he's kind of the biggest star of the group. I think Debo Samuel might be the best player. Well, he's definitely used the most. I mean, he's 
the most utility as a receiver out of all of them. You know what I mean? Running back on the all the end arounds, just literally catching the ball downfield. I mean, he does it all for that 49ers offense. Yeah. I mean, so I, I he had like eight between him nine and, rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's why I was wondering between him and Terry McLaurin because with Scary Terry, it's you're the only guy in Washington. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't really had a good quarterback, and you're about the biggest star they've had in a minute too. You want to keep him there offensively. I know Chase Young on the defensive side of the ball, easy, but like Terry McLaurin on offense, like that is a huge weapon, and you don't want to lose that guy. So you're probably going to overpay him, and you're really not paying anybody else. Yeah, they definitely should. They should pay him, keep him around, uh, no matter who their quarterback is or what their plan is. You, I think you need a young guy like that. Also, Terry McLaurin has stepped up so well in the locker room and, and yes. became that leader when they didn't have one. And so I, I think that's a pretty underrated part of his his game as well. I tell you, I was looking at Debo Samuel. I knew he had a couple rushing touchdowns. And if you go to profootballreference.com, which is one of my favorite websites to visit, they have his rushing stats up there too, but it's also listed right next to the number of first downs he had. And I got confused on my columns and rows, and I thought he had 21 rushing touchdowns last year. And I was about to just say, pay him whatever he wants. Well, Danny Thompson's out there? <laughs> right. He had eight <laughs> rushing touchdowns, but 21 first down uh, rush attempts. But also to go along with his six receiving touchdowns. Obviously, you pay all four of these guys. Yeah, You can't let them go. If you're Seattle... I would even try to keep DK. Even if you are rebuilding, give Drew Locke a good, solid look. Like, you've made some positive comments about him. Or even if you're going to try to bring in one of these rookie quarterbacks, you get a really good idea if they're good or not. You have guys like Noah Fant already there. You have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. See what it's all about there. See if this quarterback that you have is good. Or, you know, you've surrounded your rookie quarterback already with some good weapons. Start addressing that offensive line as well. I think you keep him and see what that rebuild looks like. Even if Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. Like, that's cute. This is the NFL, though. you got to throw the ball a little bit. Well, yeah, but they've been able to do that successfully because of Russell Wilson. I mean, they can be in third and seven, third and eight, and let him do some magic back there and get a first down. I mean, that's just what the Seattle Seahawks have been. Run the ball, run the ball. Okay, I guess we'll pass. Russ makes something happen. Thank God, now we can run it again. And it's like by the time you get to the end of the year and your running backs are doing well, it's like, now they're injured. And so it's one of those situations with the Seahawks, too, is how is DK Metcalf when he has a bad quarterback? Does he turn into somewhat of a diva because he has been deemed as somewhat of a superstar here in the NFL? He's got the personality. People love him on social media. He's great on the field. He's got the funky hair colors. Yep. How is it when you don't have someone throwing you the ball accurately? Yep, and guys like Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel, they already know what that's like. A.J. Brown, I, he is another one of those players, though, that he has a good quarterback, I think, in Ryan Tannehill. Um, but, D.K., I, I do think that you you are right. Let's see what happens when it's not Russell Wilson. Um, I don't want to like label him as a diva, but he's definitely got diva potential. He's got the Tennessee some, seem like they might be there. Some Odell Beckham to his game. You know, or like even like, is his dad going to come out and be like, hey, he was open, here's a YouTube clip. <laughs> uh, I could see it happening, and we'll see with Drew Locke. I, I know that I have at times have been a Drew Locke believer. If you can't get it done with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Noah Fant, you're not going to get it done. Now here's the thing. If he does, and he plays well, 
Seattle might have something. Yeah, at quarterback, like it might be like, oh, we don't, we don't even have to draft somebody. We're here with Drew Lock. We're fine. Also, is Drew Lock going number three? Because I mean, him and Russell Wilson are both number three. Oh man, if you're Seattle, I don't think you can let somebody else come in and wear three. Yeah, Denver, you're like no problem. Last number three, we just got rid of him. That's yeah, all but I mean, for Russell Wilson, that number should maybe be retired for the I Seahawks. agree. And I'm not a big like, oh, let's retire everyone's number guy. Three might need to be retired. Yep, for but, the Seattle Seahawks, yes. He also left on bad terms. Not, not maybe not bad terms, but I mean, he left early. Oh well, yeah, it's I mean, not like you know he stuck around and retired with the Seahawks. <laughs> he did leave and go to a different team. So maybe they are just like you know what, don't care. See you later. This is the old Peyton Manning treatment. Like it's whatever. The Broncos are good at getting quarterbacks that are already good with other teams and have a little bit of a falling out. Don't even worry about it. Just come here, kind of re-jumpstart your career. You'll be fine. You might win a Super Bowl. It's a little bit tougher now, the AFC. Everyone's decided to reload. Peyton Manning got got it kind of easy there for a little bit. All he had to worry about was the Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. But pff, to Peyton Manning. It, it is going to be interesting to see. It looks like Drew Locke is going to wear number two with the Seahawks, which is wise. Don't wear three. Yeah. That, that's number tough. Two's an ugly number. You think so? Yeah. Like, even Zach Wilson wearing it uh, in college. He's number one. Is he number two with the Jets? He's number two with the Jets. He was one in college. Excuse me. Yeah, I think so. Even being number two in the, the, the – like, I just – why? Same with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan. It's just two. Derek Jeter. <laughs> Most what? overrated shortstop ever. <laughs> ever? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's the most overrated shortstop ever. He does he get a little bit too iconic, but it's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at all the other shortstops that have grown. I know more about Derek Jeter giving gift baskets than I do him being any type of baseball player. Is this a you problem or a Derek Jeter problem? It's probably a me problem. And I'm not taking anything. <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from Jeter. You just said he's the most overrated he shortstop is. of he's... all time. And now you're like, oh, I don't want to take anything who's, away from who's him. Who's another so most overrated, overrated player? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking in terms of stats. knowing more about his career with the gift baskets than his he's overall stats. He's a 14-time All-Star. Yeah, he's handed out a lot of gift baskets. People want a gift basket. I'm going to vote for him. No, those not to voters. Those aren't voters. Right. <laughs> wink, wink. I, I don't think you just accidentally make the all-star game 14 times in an era where he was competing against a rod no mark garcia para and omar Vizquel. the al was absolutely loaded at shortstop and he still did it 14 times but i still feel like with the all-star like even with the pro bowl it becomes more of a popularity contest at a certain point in your career than it does yeah a little bit i will yeah. uh, give you that one too um, he's also a five-time world series winner a five-time Silver Slugger. Hey, there's no I in team. Five-time Gold Glove winner and a World Series MVP. That's a pretty good resume for most overrated of all time. And I know a lot of people do argue the Gold Glove stuff because his uh, fielding metrics don't look that great. He didn't make some exciting plays at shortstop, though. He's, he's almost Joe Namath territory, but he was actually good on the field. Yeah. He, I mean, he was a superstar in New York. Did you see uh, Brooks in the chat? You heard of uh, Alberto Mondesi? Matter yeah. of fact, I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's overation with <laughs> oh, zero that is production. hilarious. You ever yeah. heard of Alberto Mondesi? 
Yeah, all that because you mentioned the number two. Uh, speaking of most overrated of all time, the Lakers have been eliminated from the playoffs. I think this is hilarious. I know Anthony Davis came out last week and he's like, everybody wants to see us lose. It was directly after he made that comment that I'd started wanting to see them lose. Like, just shut up. You're such a little baby. Oh, boo-hoo, everybody wants to see us lose. Well, you keep doing it. Um, but last night, the Lakers officially get eliminated. The Spurs win, and the Lakers lose. Anthony Davis, I will say, he at least played in this game. Yeah, he played. Not well. Nobody on the Lakers played well. You got absolutely blown out. By the, by Suns. the Suns. I'll give them credit. It was by the Suns, who are one of the best teams in the NBA, the best record in the NBA. Um, I, I do have an issue with your guy, LeBron, not playing in a must-win game. That's that's tough. I, I don't know how you can. I actually agree with you. I don't know how you can even like address your fan base, the media, and when you're the best player in the league, you're the superstar, and you don't play in a must-win game. You're going for a scoring title. Like that's it. Like that's all LeBron's playing for this year is a scoring title, and there's a possibility he doesn't play these last three games or two or three, however many more they have. But I completely agree with you. This is I you can't I can't defend him with it. Like there's nothing I can say that like justifies. And I know a lot of times we like to make the like, oh, Jordan would never do that. I'm not even going to make that argument. Kobe would never do this. Hell, Anthony Davis was coming back for these games. Well, Anthony Davis also missed like three months being a freaking. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but I still agree with LeBron. Like you, you There's have no to excuse. find a way to come play this game. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that I would be like, okay, you're excused because he played on Friday, didn't he? Last right, Friday, and then he, he did, did he rehurt his ankle or anything? Did I miss that? Not that I saw. So, okay, so, played in the national championship. Said you'd have to cut <laughs> his leg off. He was oh, did you there. see the loose floor tile that North Carolina fans are finding? <laughs> I can't believe they freaking did that. The whole thing was rigged. <laughs> they loosened that tile moment. with a minute left. Cost us our championship. What was it? The Buffalo Wild Wings like, man, I just wish this game could keep <laughs> right. going. Sprinkler system. Loose yeah. floor tile. I do think it's wild. Even if the tile was loose, like, shut up. It, it wasn't rigged against you. It's it called, sucks that it happened. It does look like the floor gives a little bit. Maybe that's just part of it. I saw another person that was like, it's called destiny. Look it up. And then <laughs> someone put the definition of destiny right underneath it. I was like, you know, that's a weird way for that to be considered destiny. But like, shit. It was probably Bill Self's dad. <laughs> Brother. Maybe too far. Too far. Um, He's just like. <laughs> yeah. Does a little swipe of the God, finger. Just one favor. Ankle. Please. Get this Baycott Brittany Griner guy just tweaked right here at the end. <laughs> right. So KU, they they won that one fair yeah. and square. I'm sorry that Baycott hurt his ankle. And it did look weird. There's not, no conspiracy around it or anything like that. But I still I can't get over the fact that LeBron didn't play in this game. If he has off season surgery on this ankle. And it turns out to be a really bad injury. I'll say, okay, maybe you shouldn't have played in this game. But still, this is a must win to advance your season. It kind of puts off the vibe that these guys really just didn't care at the end of the season. I Once think they, he might just. I think he probably realized, like, okay, if we play this game and I win, then we're going to have to do it again and again, and then we still have the playing game, and I'm doing all of this playing on an injured ankle. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. That's the only type of like mentality that I could possibly defend or somewhat even understand with it. Because if you do beat the Suns, I was like, okay, now we got to go win the next ones as well. 
This one, it's like, if you guys can't beat the Suns without me, we ain't beating nobody anyways. So I mean, they, they weren't going to win anything. I don't even know if they would have made it out of the play-in game. But it's still, it's, I think it is a shot to his legacy. That people will remember this, I mean, towards the end of his career, that he didn't play in a couple must-win situations. If he wins the scoring title, I feel like people will overlook it. Because it'll be like, yeah, but he still won the scoring title. He's the best player on his team. His team sucked. That I makes think sense, that but the scoring the title time, might have something to do with it. I don't remember who it was, but it was years ago when there were two guys going for the scoring title, and the leader decided to rest the rest of the season so he wouldn't affect his points per game. Like if he came out and dropped 28, his points per game are going down. So he just decided, actually, I'm good. If I remember correctly, it was Russell Westbrook. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> so he was probably in LeBron's ear like, hey, you want that scoring title? Why don't you just go ahead and sit Been out? Been here before. Team's not making it to the playoffs. You got the scoring title. Have a seat. And then Russell Westbrook's out there thinking, more rebounds for me. Going to get that triple-double out there. Um, so I, I do wonder if even that played into it. I will say right now, Joel Embiid is the points-per-game leader. As of right now. Yeah, I think he dropped, what, 44 the other night? Yeah, he's and he's at 30.4. I hope Joel Embiid decides not good for the rest of the season. That to me that would be absolutely hilarious. If this in hypothetical conspiracy theory we floated out here, if LeBron's sitting so he can win the scoring title, if Embiid passes him and then says, "Nope, I'm good. I'll take it. I'll take it from here." I I do think it would be funny. Not a LeBron hater, but I I like to be critical of yeah. everyone. I've even been uh, critical of Patrick Mahomes. If I can do that, I can criticize anyone. Have I been critical of Pat? I think I was for a little bit. Probably. I think it was the second half after the HG Championship. It was like, this might be the only time in my entire life where I'll be say Pat had a bad half of football. I will say we have been much more critical of him off air <laughs> than we have yes, been sir. on air. <laughs> Never know when somebody's going to be listening. <laughs> So yeah. I still think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But Especially Lakers, when you've heard reports before and it's like, ooh, they <laughs> right. do be tuning in. <laughs> right. Uh, so you don't catch a lot of that. And that's why. And I'm not changing who I am. Lakers eliminated, though. Um, last week of the season here, uh, I, I assume LeBron will not be making his return this year. I, yeah, I, Brooks I, just sent us a picture. And the tweet is, LeBron James is the only player in NBA history who can be slandered. For not playing after his ankle looked like this. And the picture, I mean, his left ankle is like touching the floor. Like his foot mm-hmm. is, per- is, is that the right phrase, perpendicular to the floor? The thing about the like ankle injuries can look so bad but not be bad. That looks pretty bad. It does. It does look bad. But like show me the picture of the bruising afterwards. Like I don't even know that you can actually say that this is an ankle sprain. Like, a lot of people, like, you have that kid in gym class that always gets hurt, and they're like, oh, I sprained my ankle again. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't want to participate. <laughs> I don't know if this is an actual, like, medically ankle sprain or if this is just rolled it. Like, I've seen some people roll their ankle before, and then they just continue to walk. You, are you very... about fell down yesterday in the office. I'm sure that if we got the slow-mo picture of your ankle, we would have been like, oh, shit, touch the ground. No, that was my toe. I didn't get my foot picked up enough. <laughs> it blocks just a little tight. Sorry, I was trying to. <laughs> there was a there was a line on the floor there, and I just tripped over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't get you those floor monsters. But that's I don't know. You know, or sometimes you see a guy with a, a super bad knee injury, 
and then he comes back out to play. Yeah. Some people are just super flexible, and their knee will bend. Their ankle will bend. So I don't know. It's tough. I am going to criticize him, though, because he's not playing in a must-win game. Yep. And, uh, you know, last effort to get to the playoffs, you're not playing. And what's crazy about NFL, not NFL, just players in general today, a lot of them will miss games, but, like, they'll go out there for warm-ups and they'll look fine. You'll see them walking around, they look fine. But then come game time, oh, no, I can't play. Can't do it today. There was even a viral video last week. I think it was one of the Denver Nuggets, like, announcers. It was like, hey, uh, I wonder if this player is going to play. And he just turns around, asks the player while he's in warm-ups, hey, are you playing tonight? Nope, not playing. But you're out there in warm-ups, you look fine. Yep. You see this every Sunday with NFL players, they're like, nope, not playing. And they look fine. So I don't know. I'm not going to... I'm definitely not feeling sorry for LeBron on this one. I love how you, and I, I mean this as respectfully as possible, you question people's injuries and toughness. <laughs> yeah. Like you hold it to a standard. Like I get it. You've been through your own battle of injuries and stuff. And you're just like, twist an ankle, don't be a pussy. Go out there and fucking play. Must win game, don't fucking care. Get your bitch ass out there. That's the same I'm way I am. I'm not calling LeBron a bitch ass. I, that is not what I was saying. I'm just like, that just... Watching Melo like look at this stuff and then review it and then be like, it's, he's fine. Go play. <laughs> no, yeah, you're going to be fine. That's the same way I am as a parent. Oh, you're bleeding? It's not that much blood. Toughen up. Get back out. Just main artery right from the neck. You're fine. Go. <laughs> you are right. I am very critical of people who are like, oh, injured. I also feel like a lot of people, especially in the NBA and especially LeBron James, they like to milk their injuries. They like to let you know, oh, I got hurt. Man, I felt like such a little bitch. This might be telling you it's Wednesday. When I did play in that alumni tournament, you guys heard me talk about it plenty on here. I kind of tweaked Mike a little bit. Hurt. Never had an ankle injury. Anytime I talk about it, Mel's just giving me this look like, God, my friend is such a pussy. Like, look <laughs> at this guy. Up, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> I even hated talking about it. And Matt's like, so what are you doing the combine? I was like, my ankle, I've already told you, stop asking about it in front of Mello. Make me look <laughs> yeah. like a weak little bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it when people will be like, oh, man, my knee hurts. Because I've, I've had some pretty bad knee injuries. <laughs> and I can be like, oh, do your knees hurt? Is, is it tough for you this morning? Do you have bones grinding against each other because you have no cartilage anymore? <laughs> is that, does that hurt? Is your little baby Oh, are you going to be okay? Little baby's holding. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm critical of injuries. Like, I mean, I think it was even yesterday we were talking about guys like Dwayne Wade. Like, I lost a lot of respect for yeah. him because he had to get a wheelchair for a hurt shoulder. At no point in your life should you hurt your shoulder and then get put in a wheelchair. <laughs> and no, I don't care if you're 85 years old and you fall down and you break your shoulder, they shouldn't put you in a wheelchair. If I'm 85 and I fall and break something, you better put my ass in a wheelchair because I'm not moving anything. No, and when I'm 85, I'm going to be the guy trying to pay attention to my shoulder. Yep. <laughs> Come pick <laughs> my ass up. I am not getting up. <laughs> yeah. There's no wheelchair. Bring the stretcher. I'm dead. <laughs> Do not resuscitate. Soccer style this. <laughs> I, you know, one, when I was little, this is probably where I get my mentality from. My grandma was like 80 years old, fell down, broke her hip, got up and walked to the car to go to the hospital. Tough old hag she was. Yeah. <laughs> 80 years old, broke her hip and just like, nah, I'll be all right. Yeah. Don't know why I made her sound like Yoda there. but I don't know either. <laughs> she did kind of look like him, honestly. She was like four feet eight. Had to have been. I don't remember. She died when I was little. But she was a tough, tough old lady as well. And I'll guarantee you, if she were in a must-win playoff experience, 
Grandma Miller would have been out there. She probably would have dropped 30. Granny's balling. <laughs> She's that Miller. She was. That Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all started at. I right believe there. it, actually. Um, <laughs> also in the news, the Guardians have signed third baseman Jose Ramirez. This one really surprised me this morning. I didn't think the, Indi- the Guardians, that's going to be tough. Ooh. I didn't think the Guardians paid players. Like, when was the last time we saw them extend somebody? They had Francisco Lindor last year, and they were like, nah, we're good. Let's <laughs> trade him to the Mets. They'll pay yeah. you. Or you know, all the pitchers that have come through there. Mike Clevenger, they let him walk. Yeah. Just, there's been a million players that Clevenger's they've acquired. Clevenger's with the Padres now, right? Say what? Clevenger's with the Padres? Yes. I got to watch him pitch in Kansas City when I was living up there. Weird windup if you've if you've never seen it or paid attention to it. it I remember is, him. He's been hurt. A little different. Yeah, yeah, he's been hurt. But the Indians have had, I mean, a ton of talent. Some of the pitching talent that they've had over the last couple of years too. Not just Clevenger. There's somebody else that they let go that I can't think of. Even like Andrew Miller as a reliever mm-hmm. was a good player. They just they acquire guys, they get them and bring them up, and then let them walk. So I'm I'm surprised to see. Old Jose Ramirez. Even this week, his name was being rumored that other teams were going to be interested in him. Now, even the Blue Jays were uh, strongly rumored. The Padres, strongly rumored to Jose Ramirez, but now he gets a new five-year, $124 million deal. And even in like baseball terms, he might be underpaid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe he just really likes Cleveland. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, even LeBron was born there, and he's like, "Got to get out." <laughs> yeah, twice he went back. He's like, "Fuck this place!" I man. forgot how much this I place shouldn't sucks. be here. I'm from Akron, but like, I'll tell you what, I shouldn't be here, but I am. And you're I you're telling not me the Lakers want me, and I'm in Cleveland. <laughs> I can go to wow. L.A. and make movies, be a producer, deuces. <laughs> right, right. So Jose Ramirez is going to get resigned. I guess that's good for baseball. Um, you know, opening day tomorrow, and we're going to get into. Some of this baseball talk as well today, but good for them to finally, I guess, start spending money. I did see a tweet earlier today that after, I think it was after this season, they had no uh, contracts on the books. They were paying zero dollars to someone, anyone. Uh, I um, think it was passing that tweet because I saw the same thing this morning. Mm-hmm. Now, it does get a little tricky because obviously they have some guys that are going to be contract renewal or arbitration guys, but nobody, like no set dollar amount for the 2023 season, which is still absolutely ridiculous to even think about um speaking of money you guys should go to roper kia visit them online check out their inventory if you mention us here at mic'd up they're going to give you some money back one thousand dollars off your nicer newer ride again check out their inventory they don't have what you're looking for they will help you find it at roper kia mention us one thousand dollars off your nicer newer ride Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auction every single week. And one of the best parts about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to check it out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. I really thought I had it today. <laughs> not at all. That might have been the worst one ever. Yeah, yeah. I was even just like, matter of fact, matter of niff. Fuck. <laughs> I even tried to like play it casual by looking at the TV, just like, you know, like don't even pay attention, just Is, see how <laughs> casual it can come off saying if correctly. Nope, niffed it again. The next time any professional player like has the yips, like can't make the throw to first base, can't hit a free throw or something else, you have absolutely no room to talk about it. 
No. You cannot criticize them at all. I hope we interview him one time because I'm going to be like, you know what? I, I actually I get it. I've had the yips too, uh, being able to say if or niff. And it's been niff for about six months. Do you months remember uh, Rick Ankiel with the Cardinals with all yeah. those wild pitches? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, he, he was such a like hot prospect. Comes up with the Cardinals, throws all these wild pitches. That they're like, hey, man, you got to move to the outfield. <laughs> you actually suck at pitching. So if you want a, a future here. You got to move to the outfield. That was maybe the biggest case of the yips I've ever seen. Dude could throw a dart from third ba- or from center field to third base. He couldn't throw it sixty feet six inches to save his life after years of being a top prospect. As a pitcher, yeah, he got to the majors was just like over with. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. Um, and again, at the time, having like a lot of Cardinals fans in this area to just be able to talk shit about Rick and Keel. Yeah, you thought you had him. You thought you were good. Um, and then he wasn't. Um, he did. I mean, he played a really long time. He played until he was like 33, 11 years in the majors. But I mean, he did have to make a, a little bit of a position switch. But the yips, the niffs is what we're going to have to call it <laughs> for you. But let's get into a little uh, bit of a, a baseball preview. Today, we are going to predict our World Series champs. AL and NL MVP, AL and NL Cy Young. We could talk about the Rookie of the Year, but I don't think that we need to because, for one, it's hard to predict in the NL who's going to be up and who's going to be playing. And in the AL, we all know who it's going to be. Bobby Witt, baby. Why even talk about it? My man's going to be the opening day third baseman. He's going to crush like a million home runs. He's just going to be so good. Let me read my tweets online. Yesterday I tweeted, they made it official, the Royals did yesterday, that he's going to be the opening day third baseman. And I tweeted out that he was going to be the mix between George Brett and Bo Jackson. And I said, like, oh, I'm kidding. Or am I? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, I, I was joking. Those are some lofty expectations. One of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. And Bo Jackson. Just kidding. One of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in Bo Jackson. And then George Brett, who's obviously a Hall of Famer. But I, I have I have some high expectations, high hopes. Yeah, I mean, as we should. Like he's, I, One thing I did notice yesterday is they put out a little video where Matheny's kind of pretty much just telling him, like, hey, you've made it to the majors. But they had, like, a room of guys, like, these are going to be your mentors. And it was Salvador Perez, uh, Whit Merrifield, and then Andrew Bendentini was in the room as well. <laughs> Made me question: Do the Royals value Ben Benintendi more than kind of the fan base? Because it seems like when we've talked about it, it's kind of like, well, Ben Benintendi's probably moving on him from him in a couple of years. And the Royals are like, uh, this is a mentor to uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Maybe it's because he's going to be playing right behind him and maybe. left, but or maybe there is already like maybe some kind of a relationship there where they've yeah gotten along through camps. I don't know. I don't. Maybe, I would not. Ben Benintendi's been like a huge. Like, I mean, through Arkansas, Red Sox, went up to the minors pretty quick to play for their – I think he started out in the center field for him and then eventually made the move to Kansas City. Right. Yeah, he's got one year left until he hits free agency, so we'll see what happens with him. I, I didn't expect him to be around Yeah. long. I wouldn't be upset. I don't think he's bad. No, and I don't think he's going to require a big contract, so maybe he gets another couple of years. Um, I'll tell you what he's not going to be, and that's involved in the AL MVP race. Um, first, first, let's do World Series predictions. Um, who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? And also, who do you think they're going to be playing? Uh, I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox. And in terms of playing, it's probably going to be the Dodgers again. <laughs> yeah, it sounds boring, but I'm I'm expecting the Dodgers to make it 
as well. That I mean, there are already people talking about maybe the greatest lineup of all time. I mean, it clearly is. I don't know how you argue that it's not. To be honest with you, I I don't You've think that it is. Bought a team. Yeah, I mean, even the roster turnover that they've had just in the last couple of years. You bring in Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and now Freddie Freeman. Three of the best at their position. I I do think the rest of the lineup is. It's obviously it's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's maybe a little bit of a recency bias where we say, oh, greatest of all time. Like even we were talking about Tiger Woods this morning before we started recording, and everybody is like, oh, my gosh, we've never seen anybody recover from this type of injury to come back and play and to do it at the Masters. And it's like, hey, let's pump the brakes, actually. <laughs> like we, we've seen guys like Alex Smith make this recovery. I watched Dak Prescott's ankle touched the other side of his leg. Like, that was a horrific injury. And him slamming well. into the turf to try and get it back in place. Right. I mean, there have been some really bad injuries. I mean, hell, Ryan Shazier breaking his neck and then being told he would never walk again to being out there, like, running. I mean, obviously he never played again. Yeah. But to go from, hey, bud, you almost died, you're never going to walk again, to actually, I can run now. That is a bigger ordeal than what Tiger Woods is facing. And I do think maybe some of the Dodgers' greatest lineup of all time, it's really good. I think it's the greatest lineup in pro baseball. But even like the Blue Jays, they've got a pretty damn good lineup too uh, with some young talent. I don't, I don't think that they're up there with the Dodgers, but guys like Vlad Jr. could definitely be up there. They are actually going to be my pick to win the World Series. Uh, now, if you follow it along with our March Madness, I like to get a little crazy and not predict the like the outright favorite. I feel like the Dodgers, the Braves, even the Yankees every year, they're like, oh, everybody predicts them to win. I do think the Blue Jays have a really good lineup. Uh, I think they'll get some pitching. That's my prediction for the World Series. I'm going to take Blue Jays over Dodgers. And honestly, I would, I would kind of like to see the Blue Jays win. Or your prediction of the White Sox, I would like it to be some of these good young teams that have built up through the draft. And that's exactly why I picked the White Sox. I just, you know, and they might be a year away, so I might be a year early on it, but like they do have some stud pitching. They do have some stud fielders and these guys can hit too. Like I like Chicago. I feel like it's one of those years for the White Sox where they have a little bit of attention, but as the season goes on, you know, other teams are clearly going to get that attention and the media market and everything like that. And it's by the time we get to the playoffs, we're going to be like, Hey, White Sox have been here the whole time. Yeah. I think so. Too. Yeah, I think a key with them, they almost remind me of the Chargers. Like, man, if they're all healthy, yeah, if they can just <laughs> stay healthy, they're going to be really good. But they do. They've got some good pitching, um, Lucas Giolito, and then um, the young talent that they've brought up in the outfield. If they are all healthy, they could be one of the best lineups in baseball too. And yeah. so I'm right there with you. But I, I would, I would like to see not the Dodgers. I rooted for them last year. Even like the Braves, I don't really want them to win it again. Uh, I sure as hell don't want the Astros to win. I'm good with the Yankees not winning. I would like to see some of these teams, like a Blue Jays or the Chicago White Sox. Yep. I, I like how you brought up the, the Blue Jays. And, you know, you mentioned, I think it was Stefan Diggs at the beginning of the show. Like, oh, he was one of your fantasy guys. There's a reason why you like him. I kind of like the Blue Jays because I had three of their players last year on my fantasy baseball team, and I fucking raked all year <laughs> to eventually play second. But it was awesome. And, it by, you know, it was about midway through the season where I realized, I was like, I didn't realize I had three Blue Jays starting, like, 
as my fielders and hitters and not even pitching wise. And it was just like, man, these guys are just hitting the piss out of the ball consistently all season. The reason why I went on like a huge winning streak and that no one really cares about fantasy baseball, but we're about to get back into it. So buckle up folks. Blue Jays. Though, I actually do like, I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up in the world series. And it does kind of feel like it's their time. I, I hope so. I do find myself rooting for them. I also, I like their uniforms when the, any team that wears yes. a powder blue, I like it. And the like pants to go with it. Yeah, yeah. I like their hats. They do like the two-tone hats even. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm big on uniforms. I'm sorry. Um, I would like to see the Rays. I will always root for the Rays. I think that team should be moved from Tampa Bay. But I will always root for them uh, just being that underdog team. As far as other AL teams, there's not really any that I'm rooting for. I don't have many baseball teams that I hate. I'll say that. Yeah. I really don't have many teams that I hate. I know that I'm critical of I don't like the teams. Giants. I also do not like the San Francisco Giants. I, I don't know if it's just because I think it's even before the World Series against the Royals. Like even before, I was just like, I will say mine is one hundred percent to do with the World Series. One hundred percent. Before they was played, it Pablo Sandoval is that the one that had, he had like the last catch that foul tip yep. that ended the game in the yeah the series foul tip ends the World There's Series. Like, I still think you should make a rule like you can't end a World Series on a foul fucking tip. <laughs> it's got to be a strikeout or a home run. His, we keep going until and then. his panda ass just catches and still like rolls over like this freaking outfield sliding mm-hmm. catch. I, I like, absolutely <laughs> despise Madison Bumgarner 100% because of the World Series. Mine's because I had him on my fantasy team and he decided to ride dirt bikes and freaking broke his ribs and missed a whole season. That's why I can't stand Madison Bumgarner. Oh, and then it's like, oh, you've healed up. Let's go ride some bulls. You're making fucking uh-huh. millions. And he's another one. He's also one of those guys um, who's like, oh, let the pitchers hit. Let the pitchers hit. I'm sorry. I don't want to see you come up to hit. I know that it makes sports center every time you hit a home run. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't need to see you hit. Like His batting average is like a career like below 200, I think. Awesome. Right? Like, I don't need that. Even because he's regarded as like one of the best hitting pitchers. I don't need to see that. I'm sorry. I'm good. And he's Let not somebody anymore. else come up you and ever be heard of Shohei Otani? <laughs> right. See right. You Have can a seat still on your motorcycle hit. And go ramp that sucker again. <laughs> yeah. They'll let you do it if you're good at it. And that's <laughs> yeah. the, the whole thing. Um, so I, I don't like him. He, he's one guy that I just, I can't do it. I've never liked him. Um, he has a career batting average. So, again, this is Madison Baumgartner. This is a guy who's been like an advocate for let the pitchers hit in the major leagues. He has a career batting average of 172. You know? I don't need that out there. It's better than my uh, batting average in the MLB, so I'll at least give him that. But, <laughs> exactly. Like, still, like, It's still not very good, man. He has 19 career home runs, which is cool, but, I mean, He's really just career? walking up to the plate, yeah, trying to crush the ball, which he has run into some. <laughs> in 2015, he hit five home runs. But again, to get somebody up there that can hit above 200, Mr. that's my whole take. <laughs> again? Um, I'll tell you another team that I think is sneaky good this year is the St. Louis Cardinals. I, yeah. I almost, I was close to putting them there. But I was just like, I'm not about to do this. Because I do have a buddy who's a, a Cardinals fan. He listens to the show. He's not in here today. But, man, if if he was and he heard me say that, I would not hear the end of it. 
So that was the reason why I put the White Sox. And even uh, our guy Matt in the chat, two teams that I know he hates, the Cardinals and the Orioles. Just to, to clarify, those are teams he hates. Those are not his World Series picks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I think the Cardinals can be very good this year. The Brewers were good last year. <laughs> Could you imagine Cardinals-Orioles World Series? What's this guy smoking? This guy likes birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder his brother hates him. <laughs> yeah. Blue Jays going to be the runner-up, too. <laughs> but I, I do think the Cardinals can be very good. The NL East is – I don't know what to think about the NL East. Last year I had high expectations, high hopes for them, <laughs> and they sucked. So outside of the Braves, like I don't think the Marlins are going to be good. The Mets are the Mets. They're going to disappoint. The Phillies – Maybe. I think they maybe kind of missed their window. I would have liked to have seen them bring in a guy like Chris Bryant or, or some other help. Um, the Nationals were absolutely terrible last year. I don't think they're getting better. I feel bad for Juan Soto, actually. Wasn't he, Juan Soto was injured most of the year, though, right? Is that kind of what really hurt the Nationals? They had a lot of guys. Uh, obviously, uh, Strasburg. I know he was well, injured, but he is surprise. forever injured. Um, I don't remember... No, Soto played 151, 151 games, so he was fine all year. Excuse me, then. I, but, they, I mean, they traded Trey Turner. I think that was midseason. Okay. And just got rid of some guys, never lived up to their hype. Uh, but World Series predictions, we've already laid it out. Um, I've got Blue Jays-Dodgers with the Blue Jays winning. You've got White Sox-Dodgers with the White Sox winning. Let's move on to AL MVP. Um I'm not a Blue Jays fan, but, man, I, I think I'm kind of trending in that direction. I was going to say. I'm predicting Vlad Guerrero to win the AL MVP. I, I think that this could be a situation where he builds off of last year. He's been uh, really good, I, and I think that him in the uh, home run derby, it, I think kind of kind of made him like almost a superstar, but then he, he lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And last year he had a, a very good season, just his third season, leads the league in home runs with 48, crushes 111 RBIs, and hits 311. If you can do that again and play on a very good winning team, you're probably going to be the MVP. And I don't know that it's always fair. He's got that name recognition. 100%. I mean, it, it is definitely going to play a factor into it. If you are, I mean, he is Vlad Guerrero Jr. That name carries a little bit more weight than even like, Salvador Perez, who had a similar season, but Vlad Guerrero is the one that's going to get talked about. Yeah, and he's 23 years old, so and I feel like the MLB is just, I don't know if they're trying to be like blatant about it or if it's just something I've really been paying attention to, but it feels like they're just trying to find the next young star to market the hell out of because they realize they've missed on some of these other guys. Well, and guys so, like Mike Trout never really embraced it, never exactly. wanted it. And then and, like Shohei Otani, it's like, that's awesome. Nothing against them. You have to have a translator anytime you want to talk to them. At some point, it might be a little hard to kind of market that. Tatis Jr., dude can't stay out of trouble. He's wrecking his, like, talking about wrecking motorcycles. That's him yeah. as well. And it's like, what about Vlad Guerrero? We've already seen his dad. He's a junior, 23, hitting bombs. He's on a successful team. This might be the kid. It could be. And I'm not opposed to that at all either. I loved watching his dad play. And uh, we'll get to a comparison on that one later. But I, I do think that the name recognition, the show that he's put on in the home run derby, I think that even carries weight with the MVP vote. So I do think that he's he's going to be my pick. Um, Shohei Otani, who won it last year, um, as you like to remind me and everybody else, I was very critical of him last year. And I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Sh- show me that you can do it again. That was going to be my response. <laughs> do it again. 
If he does it again, I will be a firm believer that he is one of the greatest players of all time. I'll you might have to buy a there. jersey. <laughs> right? Uh, do I have your permission to do that? Yes, you do, oh, actually. Thank you. yep, you're allowed to um, do that. But Vlad Guerrero is my pick. But I will say, if Shohei Otani, if he can get close to what he did last year, it's going to be hard not to vote for him. But I do also think that he's going to run into the situation like the Tom Brady stuff of like, you've set the standard for yourself. Now you have to exceed it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, he's almost competing against himself now. So I will put Vlad Guerrero Jr., but I did want to mention my Shohei Otani take. Yeah, and Otani has looked good during training camp as well, or during spring training, excuse me. So, you know, maybe he just keeps rolling with it. But my AL MVP, I went with Mike Trout. Spent a majority of last season injured. I think he comes back this year, healthy, ready to go. And boom, he's going to go up there. And you're going to be sitting here looking at the Angels like, man, you got Otani and Mike Trout. You guys are still losing baseball games. Anthony Rendon, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you got all these hitters. Noah Syndergaard, even now. Yes, that is right. <laughs> They've got a lineup. It's Put an it Avengers type. Together. They've got their Thor. It's an Avengers type. I yeah, love Thor can stay healthy. My God, though. Every I mean, year. but that's all of them. Even yeah, Otani, I think, has battled some injuries in his career, not last year. Don't put that evil on him. I'm not trying to, but even like Mike Trout. I, I'm a big fan of Mike Trout. He is not playing. I mean, last year just was rough. Had the injury short or the COVID shortened season in 2020. I need a good bounce back year because I'm starting to trend in the opposite direction for Mike Trout. The, I mean, he has been. Everybody's been telling us he's one of the greatest of all time. I need you to stay healthy and do it again. Like I, I need a good bounce back year yep. for Mike Trout. In 2019, the last time uh, he had a, he played a full season, he won MVP, didn't he? He hit 45 home runs, won MVP. <laughs> like I, I need that again. I <laughs> just, I get so a little, <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. I get a little worried about the injuries with him. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just saying the fact is, like, oh, the last time he played, you know, it's just like this mm-hmm. historic season, and yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, if he stays healthy, and then, like if he does get healthy this year, it's gonna be like. Psh- it's all right, man. No worries. Buy a little right. injuries, come back. And I mean, when he obviously when he was playing last year, he finished the season hitting three thirty three, but he only played thirty six games. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of pumping the brakes on my Mike Trout hype. I for a long time thought that he was like head and shoulders greatest player playing. I don't know that he is anymore. He's really good in the field too. I mean, he's probably still the best player out there. But there's, you know, there's guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. There, there's guys like Fernando Tatis when he's healthy. Vlad Guerrero I, is a good hitter. I mean, he's not a fielder, but you bring up Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I, I did have him on the list. I'll be honest here, and then I took him off because it's just like dealing with an injury. Like you're coming back from an ACL, you still haven't really played in any spring training. You're expected to come back in May. It's going to be hard to win an MVP if you're coming back from an injury like that. Like, especially yeah. if you're starting in May and then having to roll on. It was an ACL too, right? Yeah, ACL yeah. tear in July. July 10th last year, I believe. And with him, he's another player that I do really like as well. Um, I do wonder how that injury is going to affect him. Even as Jacob said in the trout, um, need to move Mike Trout to a corner outfield spot. I agree with that too. Put him in left or right. He's good right in center. Let him chill. Right. Yeah, give him, I mean, put him some DH in a little bit. Yeah. I think the same thing with Ronald Acuna. Like, yeah, he can play center field and do it really well. Man, don't you want those legs on the base pass, though? Don't, I mean, don't you want him to have his legs under him so he can crush home runs? 
because uh, he's a he's a good base stealer too. I mean, in 2019, he led the NL in steals with 37. I don't know that you're going to get that kind of production from him again post ACL injury, but I I would also move him to the corner outfield. But NL MVP, I'm going with his old teammate. I'm going Freddie Freeman. I think that there's a lot of opportunities for some RBIs there. I don't know that any, like assuming Freddie Freeman is the three-hitter, you have Trey Turner and Mookie Betts hitting in front of you. Yeah. I, no one has two better hitters in front of them than Freddie Freeman does. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for RBIs, home runs, uh, being in L.A. I, uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet Freddie Freeman wins the MVP in the NL. I don't think he's the best player in the NL, but I think he can win the MVP. I mean, it's, it, I think it's definitely hard to argue with that. Um, sorry, Brooks comes over here and is like, did you just say MVP? And like, I'm trying to respond to the chat, and I don't think it made any sense here. To be honest, I don't know, man. I didn't know I was saying NIF for the longest time. You think I'm realizing if I say MVP or MVP? Whatever comes off my tongue is apparently not making sense. I remember being in a New Mexican restaurant with you guys last year, and it was like I tried to order quesadillas, tried to end up ordering enchiladas. Mm. I still got my quesadillas. I still don't have any idea how that worked the out. The thing you did there is that you what you do? You pointed on the menu. You pointed to the quesadillas and said, "I'll have the enchiladas." So Matt, that was with us, was like, we, both of us were like, "Well, I have no idea what you're about to get," because like, you clearly pointed to some quesadillas and said enchiladas. I think you did end up getting the quesadillas, which is what you wanted. But I don't know. Sometimes you get in your own head. Uh, it's just it all works out. Though. Are you stressed out about something? Or? <laughs> no, I say my life is fantastic right now. Like I am so happy. Maybe that's it. Like my mind is like we've never been this happy. We don't know how to talk. This is too good. Self sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Self sabotage. Abort. Abort. Um, NL MVP if. though. NL MVP. Freddie Freeman for me, and I do think that he's still got a couple good years of dominance in front of him. And like I said, the two guys hitting in front of him, he's going to have some lineup protection. Uh, I think that he can get MVP this year. Yeah, and again, great point there. I went with Bryce Harper mainly just because you're in Philly and you're about the only guy there that's exciting. And I feel like Bryce Harper is one of those guys, and it, maybe it's just me, where it's like I don't forget about him, but I just don't realize like how good he is during a season until I like, really pay attention to all of his stats. Like, Jesus, this guy just continues to smack the shit out of the ball. Because when you talk, I feel like when I talk about Bryce Harper, it's always in conversations like, man, he's always trying to just swing for the fences. It's home run or strikeout. And it's like, well, when you really start looking at it, it's like, this guy's just hitting the piss out of the ball. He's just being a baseball player, like in today's game. And that's fantastic. So I'm taking Bryce to win the the NL MVP this year. I am also a big Bryce Harper fan. I won it last year. I wonder if that's going to hurt his votes. And I also feel like there are probably some baseball guys out there that just don't really like him. He kind of rubs some people the wrong mm-hmm. way. I like him. I like the way he plays the game. I like that he crushes home runs. I like him. I also wonder about um, kind of his replacement with the Nationals, Juan Soto. I think Juan Soto is one of the best young players in the league. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Nationals. I don't know if they're good enough for him to be in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Like He might mash 40, 45 home runs <laughs> and hit over 300. He might have 90 RBIs because nobody else is on base. And they might win 70 games. So I don't know. I think Juan Soto, a very good player. I don't know that I would put him up there for my MVP. A couple other guys we mentioned too. I mean, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner. Somebody for that Dodgers lineup is going to go off. (laughs) And it might be all three of those guys. Somebody is going to have like a just stupid amount of RBIs. 
and runs scored. And, you know, Trey Turner and Mookie Betts both up there in steals. So I think that they, they definitely could be up there. I would, I would have some of those guys. Um, a name that's obviously not on the list that it, you would expect to see, Fernando Tatis Jr., that injury. I have no idea when he's going to come back, how long he's going to play this season. So I, I left him off my list completely. AL Cy Young winners, this pains me. I'm going with Shane Bieber of the Guardians. I get it right that time. Uh, I think that when healthy, he is also a dominant pitcher. Uh, He had like some strikeout record last year. I meant to look it up before I started talking. I forgot. It was just stupid. I mean, he had like 27 straight games or something with at least seven strikeouts. Mm -hmm. I I think that when healthy, he's one of the better pitchers. He's won the Cy Young before. He's won the Triple Crown before. I absolutely despise when this dude is pitching against the Royals, and I think we're going to see that tomorrow. You say tomorrow? Yeah, opening day against the Royals. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, my AL Cy Young Award is Garrett Cole. Now, it's kind of surprising that he hasn't won it yet, but my God, he's gotten freaking close. Like He's played second twice. He's finished fourth twice. He's finished fifth once. And it looks like he was pretty close to doing it last year, and then he just ended up giving it to Robbie Ray. But, I mean, since 2018, I'm reading this in an article from MLB.com. Since 2018, Garrett Cole ranks first in the majors in strikeouts with 939, innings pitched 667, and fourth in minimum innings of 400, and both ERA at 153 and a whip of 9-9. This dude's been in freaking insane. Even last year after the whole spider tack thing, he recovered nicely. Yes. And- there was a little bit of a stretch where it's like, oh, he doesn't have a spider tack. Dude sucks again. I was like, actually, just let me figure it back out. Now y'all are screwed again because nobody else is using it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I poked a lot of fun at him last year, Garrett Cole, uh, for how he struggled after the umpire started checking everybody for spider tack. And he had a couple outings that didn't look good. But he did still. He finished the season with some good numbers. And uh, he led the, the league in wins. He had 16 wins last year, 243 strikeouts, and missed some time. Too so I I do think that he's always going to be a candidate and he's I mean he's the ace for the Yankees yeah he's going to get some attention maybe the most overrated starting pitcher of all time do you like here's a question with the Yankees do you like that they don't allow their guys to have facial hair no I think that's maybe a little outdated and stupid. yeah I agree who did they sign this off season where he went to join the Yankees he's like well okay this is awesome and he just like shaves his beard and I was like you look like a giant baby now uh, Josh Donaldson was that I think it was someone else. Anthony Rizzo, but he was already there, and he's not really a facial hair guy. Yeah, I know before they did it with uh, Giambi, who had like the big bushy goatee with the A's, signs with the Yankees, and it's like, whoa, you look like a totally different guy. Yeah. But that, those are the only ones that stick out to me. Did they sign somebody else? I think even Garrett Cole had a beard when he was in Houston, but it was like yeah. a trimmed up one. Yeah. It was still a nice, pretty thick beard, though. I, yeah. And I, I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised they can get away with it. Yeah. I guess if a player really wanted to be like, hey, nope, I'm growing facial hair. I'm going to have a beard. Then they probably could. But I also think a lot of people almost embrace it. Of like, oh, I'm a Yankee. I've got to be clean shaven. I think it's a, it kind of comes with the territory of if I want to be a Yankee, I know i got to shave the beard. And if they're going to pay you that much money, probably okay with it. Yeah. you got a guy in the chat saying the players secretly like it. You think you'd secretly like being clean-shaven? 
Maybe. I mean, like I said, I think that you probably know, oh, shit, I'm going to be a Yankee. Time to get the haircut and a beard trim. Maybe it's like something you're like, I'm out here looking like a giant baby playing for the <laughs> motherfucking Yankees, bitch. I, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things that you realize that you do have to do. So it's like it's almost a moment of being proud of like, yep, I'm shaving this beard off because I'm a New York Yankee. Yeah, I'm a part of the tradition. Now. Yeah, so I do think that they they probably like it or they could like at least push back if they wanted to. I don't think anybody ever has. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Go be a Red Sox? Like, ugh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I luck, wouldn't loser. be surprised. Um, NL MVP, I am going with Walker Bueller. Um, the Dodgers are just so good. I know that I've mentioned them for like World Series, NL MVP, now Cy Young. And I even looked at this one and I thought, man, I shouldn't put another Dodger. But I want to be true to my predictions. I think this is going to be Walker Bueller's year. I think that he's going to be the ace of the staff. I think he's got a guy like Kershaw there to help him out. But I'm, I'm going with Walker Bueller. Yep, and I'm going to go with old Corbin Burns from Milwaukee for my NL Cy Young. I think this is a guy who's been a stud. He's got the flow. I'm a big fan of that. Go out there and keep dominating, man. Keep doing you, Corbin. Yeah, uh, so those are our picks. Uh, you can leave them. Tweet them at us if you have your own. I, I know a lot of guys in the chat here um, speaking out and, and mentioning theirs as well. Maybe some not um, lifelong Dodgers fans or biased Dodgers fans like me. I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised I didn't go more Braves. Yeah. yeah the Cardinals are you are a Braves fan team, right? or are you like a Freddie Freeman fan? Right uh, Braves. Okay. Yep. I love the Braves. Can't I love it. the Braves. <laughs> I think baseball is pretty unique in that you can have like two, two teams and I think it's okay. Yeah. Like if I were to tell you like, oh, I'm a Chiefs fan and also a Cowboys fan, people would be like, nope, can't do that. I wouldn't let you. Yeah. In the, but in baseball, it's like you're allowed to have an AL team and an NL team. Or for me, with the Royals and the Braves, it's really weird how it works out. They're never good at the same time. <laughs> Even when the Royals were good, the Braves were shit. So it's never been like, oh, who am I going to root for in the World Series? It would definitely be the Royals. I've actually I've been up to see the Braves play the Royals a couple times, and it's not even in question. It's 100% Royals for oh, me. Oh, okay. I thought you were the guy, and I'm falling for the Braves. I'm like, what is wrong Mm-mm. with you, dude? Nope. I was going to say, we're taking that Royals so I can put it on my wall. You keep <laughs> acting like that. Yeah, why don't you go to another Cardinals game and then talk to me about Royals. Well, I was going to say, that's my ALNL team is the uh, Royals and Cardinals, and a lot of people aren't fans of that. To that, I say, pick one. I, I get it, though, like being here in Missouri and like ALNL, so it's fine. I don't, I don't get too upset. I try to be, and I know I, I get away from it sometimes, let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Yeah. If you want to be a, a Royals fan and then root for the Cardinals on the side, that's fine. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Like at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy also roots for the Cardinals. Oh, my freaking co-host, Big Conscious, over here rooting for the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm just God. laying awake Damn. tonight. Oh, what? I wonder if he's thinking about the Cardinals. <laughs> not going to happen. What I am thinking about is Club 609 and that happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. I said it, and even though I know it, it still sounds it sounds illegal, but it's sounds not. Crazy. Uh, 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock with their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They've been here for a minute, so they know what they're doing. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil service, tires changed. Make sure you get that done, taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Loop. 
Uh, let's address the, the chat and some of the questions. It's hard to keep up with sometimes. Um, even our guy Jacob says, just come over and be a full-time Dodger fan. I did root for the Dodgers. I'm not an anti-Dodgers fan either. I really like Trey Turner. I really like Freddie Freeman. Clayton Kershaw, I think, is one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. Mookie Betts, very good player. Uh, so I am I'm kind of a Dodgers guy. When it was, what was it, Dodgers-Astros? Mm-hmm. Full-on Dodgers. Oh, yeah. I've never liked the Astros. Even before the whole cheating scandal, I was like, the freaking Astros? Get out of here. Stupid. So now yeah. it's worked out perfectly for him. I do like the fact that Jake brought up Charlie Blackman would retire before shaving. I think that is an absolutely very solid point. Charlie Blackman think there, has one of the nicest beards in the MLB. I think there are also probably a lot of guys that say, no, thanks. I don't need to be a Yankee keeping this beard. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you shaved your beard once. No, I'm not doing it. it again. I did it, what, six years ago at this point for a stupid reason because a girl was like, oh, my God, let me just see what you look like. I was like, okay, sweet thing. It was an awful decision. And then last year I made a bet, and I was like, if I can't run this fast, I'll shave to a mustache. Mm-hmm. Once again, awful decision. I'm not making bets with that resolve in me betting the loss of facial hair because mm-hmm. I've lost that twice. And does no shift mean left-handers uh, start hitting 340? I hope so. I want to see it. I hate the shift. And so if that means a guy like Freddie Freeman's going to hit 340, huh, okay, <laughs> sign me up. Like, who's anti-Freddie Freeman hitting 340? Everybody in the NL West. But still, that's good for baseball, in my opinion. Um, let's get to some would-you-rathers, though, today. And again, it's the baseball edition. And you can find these. I, I put them on our Twitter. It's at Miked Up, where you can answer in the poll just a couple that we have today. Uh, who would you rather have? So you got to pick a player um, here, the first one, would you rather have Shohei Otani or Mike Trout? Mike Trout. I think this one's close for me. I voted Mike Trout, but if Otani has another year like he did last year, I think we got to sway that vote. We're going to look real silly. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, even when you look at Otani's batting numbers, they rival what Trout is doing. Mm-hmm. And now uh, it was it was one year. It was last year that he really blew up and took off. But he hit 46 home runs last year and 100 RBIs. That's pretty damn good. But also, he was a good pitcher. So if he can do anything like he did last year, again, I think we have to change the narrative of who's the best player in Major League Baseball. For right now, I am going to stick with Mike Trout. And when you look at the votes right now as of the time that we're recording this, 53% go into Mike Trout. So I kind of agree with that one too. Again, I just I hope that he's healthy. Yeah, people have been telling me for a long time. I've seen it myself. I've said it myself. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I mean, no Syndergaard called him modern day Babe Ruth. Yeah, I just I don't know. There's well, maybe that was about. Shohei Otani who was talking about. Excuse me. Yep, but. I think so. Uh, there's something about him that just scares me about the injuries. I think that he might be a player that gets in his 30s and then starts to just get hit by that injury bug. I hope not. I want to see. Like I hate seeing. Great players just kind of go down with injuries. Yeah. Do what yep. you can to take care of yourself and get healthy and come back and be you. I know that's so much easier said than done. Uh, the next one, uh, Juan Soto versus Ronald Acuna Jr. So two young outfielders in the NL. I went with Juan Soto on this one, and so is the vote. But I do also love Ronald Acuna. Talked about that one already. Yep. And, but also, like you mentioned earlier, he is coming off of an injury. And if Juan Soto maybe played for a better team, we might be talking more about how great of a player he is. 
Yeah, because he's young too. I mean, granted, he does look like he's thirty. I'm allowed to say that because people say the same thing about me. But Juan yeah. Soto, he's who I picked as well. But dude's a stud. Love watching him play baseball. Yeah, one of the best hitters in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I think, and you're right. I mean, he is super young. He's still 23 years old. Yeah. It feels like he's been in the league forever. He's at, he's 23 years old. He's a two-time Silver Slugger winner. He's already won, won a batting title. He's only 23 years old. And, I mean, in the 2020 shortened season, he hit 350. Last year, in a full season, he hit 313. We don't see a lot of guys that can hit above 300 anymore. So if Juan Soto is one of them, I, I, I even think you have to take him over Ronald Acuna. And we just talked about my Braves fandom. Uh, another one for you. Who would you rather have? Fernando Tatis Jr., Carlos Correa, or Trey Turner? Uh, I went with actually Carlos Correa. And I'm getting smoked in the overall picking of it. In terms <laughs> of like the poll results. Uh-huh. The so poll far. results. Uh, Fernando Tatis at 48%. Carlos Correa at just 14%. And Trey Turner at 37 I like Carlos Correa. Fernando Tatis, he scares me too. With the I want to see thing. a full season. Like we, <laughs> we saw the hype and everything, cover of MLB The Show, and then it just straight downhill from there. Yeah. It, 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 the amount of errors was ridiculous. Last I was going to say, I've lumped him in with the shortstops. I don't think that in two years he's playing shortstop anymore. I think he's playing corner outfield. He's got the arm for right even. I mean, that might just be like his natural – position Mm -hmm. i i didn't take fernando tatis because the injury concerns um carlos correa he's getting up there in age i took trey turner and it might be dumb of me i love the fact that he can steal 50 bases play good defense and also hit 300 so i took him but i don't think there's a wrong answer in any of these i think it's more of just a preference thing Uh, a couple more for you nolan arenado or jose ramirez I saw people tweeting, it was a baseball writer this morning, and I I quote tweeted it even, that said Jose Ramirez is the best third baseman in baseball and that he he doesn't think it's particularly close anymore. I don't know how you can watch the game of baseball and say that it's not close. If you want to say Jose Ramirez is the best third baseman in baseball, that's fine. I disagree with it, but to say that it's not close or that it might not be close, I think is incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. Very false because Nolan Arnato is still playing baseball and is without a doubt the better fielder. I mean, it's going to be hard to disagree with you. And me being a Cardinals fan, you know, Nolan Arnato is clearly who I went with. So part time Cardinals. And fan. you know this about me, that. but Nolan Arnato is one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, that was before he was even a Cardinal. You just excuse me. You have a crush. You're a third baseman guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Man, big man crush on third baseman. I, I love watching guys play third base, uh, and guys that can field a ball on the other side of the foul line and then still throw it to first base. I know there's like a viral um, picture that goes around that shows that Oakland Athletics field, but it's also marked up for like a Raiders game. And when you really look at the distance that they are throwing from third to first, it's about forty yards. For them to be able to do that on a line is impressive. I think Nolan Arenado has one of the best arms at third base I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I do. I've, I've got a big man crush on third baseman. And he's been able to hit. I know he's, he hasn't been great the last two years. Getting away from Colorado is probably going to hurt it. But he's still a guy that can hit 30 home runs, 
and play stellar defense. I mean, the number of gold gloves that he has is ridiculous. So for me, my opinion, I think it's Nolan Arenado, and I don't think it's close. <laughs> bingo, bingo. You're not going to hear me disagree with that. What about this last one? Vlad Jr. or Vlad Sr.? This is the one that I've been like battling with all day. I didn't Vlad, get C senior play, so I clearly went with junior. Vlad Jr. is on a tear, and he's young. I can't believe you haven't seen Vlad, Jr., Vlad Sr. play. Or if I did, I didn't realize how great he was, I guess. Uh, even me this morning, I looked at it a little bit, and I kind of forgot how good Vlad Sr. was uh, because he was dominant. And Vlad Jr. has only played uh, a couple years, so it's kind of hard to compare him versus his Hall of Fame dad. But when you do look at their first couple years in the league, you have Vlad Jr., who last year, like we said, hit 48 home runs, 111 RBIs, and hit 311. Finished second place in the MVP voting in his third year in the league. When you go look at Vlad Sr. in his third year in the league, he was also up there for MVP. He hit 42 home runs, 131 RBIs, and hit 316. I think that it's Vlad Sr. all the way. Like, this dude finished his career hitting 318. And like never was tied to steroids or anything like that. It made me appreciate Vlad Guerrero Sr. And Holy shit. I mean, speaking of arms, one of the best arms in right field I've ever seen. To throw the ball from the right field corner to third base with no hop, no bounce, is stupid. So I, I think it's got to be Vlad Sr. As much as I love the hype and I love Vlad Jr., he's got a that's a big shadow cast by his dad. Those big shoes to live up to. I don't, I don't think that he can do it. But I mean, he still might be a Hall of Famer and just not as good as his dad. How many times was he an MVP winner? Three times? Vlad Sr.? Yes. He just won the MVP one time. He's a nine time All Star. Eight-time Silver Slugger winner. He's got a career 449 home runs. Which I, I is going to be tough to surpass that. Even at Vlad Jr. being so young in the league. He was only 22 last year, 23 this year. Hitting 500 home runs is going to be tough to do. Not many people do it. I mean, it's almost you automatically punch your ticket for the Hall of Fame if you can do it. But I, I do. I think it's Vlad, Vlad Sr. You got to look up some of his fielding highlights. I'm definitely go home and watch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at some of those fielding highlights of him. Okay, I'm sitting here looking at his stats on Baseball Reference. I guess when it says like MVP dash, it was the place he was in the MVP voting. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, how many times did he finish in the tops of the MVP? Uh, one, no. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times, twelve times. He was up there for the MVP voting or MVP voting. All-star, silver slugger, multiple times in his career as well. Jesus. Yeah. But, what, I mean, what's crazy is even it's it's very close in the poll too, 54% to Vlad Sr., which I do think is a, it's a, it's a valid question. I ask it myself upon further review. Vlad Jr.'s got a lot of work to do yeah. <laughs> before we even uh, mention him in the same breath as his dad. Um, but you can also, like I said, let us know what you guys think about those over on our Twitter page. 
You can vote on those. Uh, but that's it for us today. Big Country and I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's opening day. We'll still be talking some more baseball. I don't know. Maybe we do like win-loss predictions, team predictions. We'll try to not make it too Royals-centric or Cardinals-centric. I feel like I do a pretty good job. You do, yeah. I'm also that teacher that knows like if you can get me off topic, I will talk about the Royals for an hour. <laughs> But I try not to. I try to keep it in the back of my mind. Like, hey, there are more teams out there. There's 29 other teams that people care about. And mine is a very small market (laughs) that not a lot of people care about. Uh, But that is it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us here in the call-in app. We'll be back at it tomorrow right here at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.